Welcome to this week's episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast, where we explore how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. Today, I'm speaking with Machen McDonald, award-winning strategic life and business coach, guiding small business owners on how to bring their A-game on their hero's journey so they can have even greater impact. Machen is a number one best-selling author, happily married for 30 years with three amazing children. He's a serial go-giver, serving currently on two nonprofit boards. Machen and I had a great chat about moving beyond fear, thinking models, and how to set your day up for success with daily bookends. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I think you will, then be sure to let us know in all the usual places, such as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Hi, Machen. Thank you so much for joining me on the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast today. Thank you, Hallie. I'm looking forward to having some fun with you. Yeah, me too. So for those people who may not be familiar with your company, the Pro Brilliance Leadership Institute, can you tell us a little bit about how you started? Sure. Gosh, the, the short story is back in 1989, I was a financial advisor and I had moved up the ranks in our organization and ultimately kind of took on a role of helping guide our producers to build out their practices. And then right around 2004, we got acquired by another company and a lot of our producers and our top management started to basically jump ship, go to different companies. And I was surviving different rounds of layoffs and my phone started to blow up with people that had left and they said, Hey, could you maybe help me over here? You know, just maybe on a consulting basis. And so I figured out a way to do that and kept doing it and doing it, and doing it. And eventually took on a life of its own and I formed Pro Brilliance Leadership Institute in 2004. What was it a like a, a clean break between your your career as a financial advisor into this starting your own company or were you doing a bit of both for a while? Well, it was a little bit of both for a while, but you know, the old line that you 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 can't serve two masters and being a financial advisor is full-time full-time, right? Yes. So I actually ended up selling my practice to a good friend of mine who was also an advisor and he still runs the practice and I get to help a lot of people grow in all kinds of ways now. That's that that's really cool. I always love hearing about how entrepreneurs get started because there's so many different paths to entrepreneurship. What is something that happened maybe in that first 12 months when you were when you were starting your consulting business that you that you wish you had known? sooner. Did it'll all work out. Yes. <laughs> it, it's faith, right? It's, it's, I think it's called Stockdale's paradox, which states something to the effect of we can never, ever lose the faith that it's all going to work out while needing the discipline to deal with the daily adversities that are facing us. Yes. So, so true. What's the most prevalent mistake that most small business owners make each day? And, what, and did you learn that from experience? I would say, yeah, probably is experience and observation. And I would say it, it's the one things that, and, and I know that's grammatically incorrect, but one is an acronym, right? Mm. So there's a piece where most owners or entrepreneurs, they don't own their day, right? That's the O and one. Yes. They don't befriend the numbers, Right. They kind of hide their heads sometimes or they don't take it upon themselves to really learn what the numbers are and, and how to work with them. And then the E in one is they don't execute their plan effectively, primarily because they don't have a plan or a relevant plan. Mm -hmm. And so if you can remember that one 
things, right? <laughs> they don't own the day, they don't befriend the numbers, and they don't execute effectively. And so the whole trick is how do we work around that so that we can own our day, so that we can understand and work with the numbers and execute on a proven plan. Do you have any recommendations for new business owners or small business owners about, about owning the day? Because I know that that is that I mean, for the entrepreneurs that we talk to, like that's the number one thing. That's the best place to start. What are some of your recommendations? Yeah, what what I really preach is you've got to bookend your days, right? So the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day, because in the middle, it's a whirlwind, right? It's mm -hmm. a little bit out of our control, but we can control the first hour and the last hour. And by the way, tomorrow starts tonight, right? So the end book end of the day is really getting ready for tomorrow, right? How do we wind down and shut down? There's a great book called Deep Work by Cal Newport, and he talks about in deeper depth bookending the day and what he calls a, a shutdown complete, you know, getting rid of the screens and turning the energy back to family or wherever it needs to go so that we're not worrying about business when we're at home. And when we're at business, we're thinking we should be at home. So mm -hmm. vice versa. I always think that's such a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge for everybody, but particularly for entrepreneurs, small business owners, who, where because their life is so integrated. So having some sort of boundaries between work and life can become very difficult. But I love the idea of the bookends. Yeah. What, is your, what, do, what do your bookends look like? My bookends look like I get up, anywhere from 4.30 to 5 in the morning. And I do my morning affirmations and meditations actually while I'm coming out of my sleep or my slumber when my brain waves are still mm -hmm. kind of in theta or maybe coming to alpha. And that's when our subconscious is most receptive to those messages. So that's the first thing I do. And then the next thing I do is I rehydrate my body with a concoction mm -hmm. of water and sea salt and a little bit of lemon and that gets the electrolytes going. It's basically Gatorade without any sugar. Mm -hmm. And then moving my body and breathing. And, you know, just doing that gets me into motion with things. And then I do a ritual where I look at my, my business plan, which is only two pages. Mm -hmm. And I visualize. I visually see the future and how I want the day to unfold. And I feel in my gut how it's going to feel to have done all the things I need to do during that day and how good that's going to feel. So I kind of start to feel that. And that actually creates a vacuum that pulls me forward through doing all the stuff that I need to get done today. And then the real trick is looking at my calendar, where my different appointments and what's coming up. And then what I call segment intending the day. So as an example, my first presentation this morning was at 6, 10 AM. So it's like, how am I going to show up? So I look at that segment in my calendar and go, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to be? And what do I need to have to be level 10? And then I had a client appointment after that. And I looked at that and I said, what do I need to do? How do I need to be? What do I need to have? And even for this podcast, right? Yeah. I did a little bit of a ritual of, okay, how do I want to show up? What's level 10 look like? I, I love that. I love that concept. Going back a little bit to your to your morning routine, is that like a or your morning bookend? Is that like a an hour long process for you, or how long does that take in the morning? 
Yeah, you know, it's it varies. It it could be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. And I got the idea actually from a friend of mine, Hal Elrod, who wrote a book called mm -hmm. Miracle Morning. He calls yeah. it savers, right? Silence or, you know, meditation. A is for affirmations. V is visualization. E is exercise. R is reading. And S is scribing or journaling. Journaling, yeah. So I do those things only about 10 minutes each, but it, it's amazing the feeling that I get and that most people I believe get as a result of doing those things before you even start the real work day. It's like, mm -hmm. you feel like you've accomplished a lot. Yeah. Is there a particular type of meditation that you practice? There is. There, there's a couple of them that I do. One is what I call an awe meditation. Mm -hmm. I learned this from Dr. Wayne Dyer who's passed on and it's where we recite the sound ah while we're imagining what it is that we're wanting to bring about for ourselves and mm. the sound ah you'll find in god buddha ra krishna right so it's the sound of creation so mm. it brings our creative juices it kind of like turns them on and pulls things towards us gives us the impulse and the awareness through our day to do things in a certain way to bring about what we want. Mm, I love that. I actually haven't heard of that that type of meditation before, so that's very cool. Yeah, if you go to, you can find it on YouTube. Just type yeah. in Ah Meditation and Dr. Wayne Dyer, and he, he guides you through it. That's one of them that I use. Mm -hmm. and another a friend of mine, Emily Fletcher, who's big in meditation, she talks about like a guided meditation is like holding an AA meeting in a liquor store, right? It's, you know, so true meditation, just true silence, right? It's not yeah. having a guide. So I do that, but I do that throughout the day where it might be only 10 minutes, mm -hmm. maybe five minutes, or hopefully 30 minutes at some point, but it's where I just quiet the mind and just focus on the breathing. And yeah, thoughts are going to bounce in and out, but it's get, sure. back, to the, get back to the breathing. That's it. Yeah. I love, I love that a lot of the individuals at our company practice transcendental meditation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that, oh, yeah. um, but very much the same thing. Like you, you, of course you're trying to quiet your mind and you meditate for 20 minutes, twice, twice a day, but really the thoughts that come and come throughout, cause you, you can't just completely silence your mind, but the thoughts are just in, 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 as far as transcendental meditation goes, the thoughts that are being released are, is really a symbol of the stress being released. And yeah. it really does bring you back to the state where you are no longer storing samskaras and eventually you can start mm -hmm. working on getting those samskaras out of your, out of your body if you do it consistently enough. But I, I'm a big believer in meditation as well. So I, I love it. That's part of your day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're kind of talking about these, this energy and you're, you're kind of creating this creative energy and, and centering yourselves and getting yourself ready for the day in the morning. Is there any other insights or keys to having enough energy that small business owners can, can utilize in order to confront daily adversities or continue to make progress forward? Well, you know, it, it, it some people call it time management. I call it managing our energy in relation mm -hmm. to time. Yeah. And a lot of it is it's being mindful of our thoughts, of our thinking. I call it going to the gym, G-Y-M, meaning guide your mind. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have some foundational beliefs or core beliefs. We call it the me foundation, the mental and the emotional foundation of how we see ourselves, how we see the world around us. So as to give us the best perspective in which to deal with things. So in other words, like it, it kind of borrows the stoic 
philosophy of, you know, things happen for our benefit, not to our detriment, right? The ego might judge that, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Well, is it, <laughs> you know, it may be the, the best opportunity that that's come our way for us to learn something or to break through to something, you know, and the quicker we can move from, you know, so what now what, rather than so what, and this shouldn't have happened to us. And this was a mistake. And what were they thinking? And blah, blah, blah. It's just like, get into action. What, what's the best use of our time and energy going forward. And then again, we do that through the gym process and then recognizing that adversity forges and to be good in business, it's all about being agile, right? It's being able to pivot early and often and kind of looking around the corner at times and acting accordingly. I, I love that you kind of, we talk about spirituality a ton in our company. So I'm just loving everything that you're, you're saying. While maybe you might not use the word spirituality, but it's all about, you know, the, the ego and some of the stoicism and, and, and learning to let go. So loving everything that you're talking about. And I've found that oftentimes people are, are afraid to let go and maybe move into action. They're afraid to let go of their ego or they're afraid to let go of, you know, their identity or the they want to be right, the need to be right. So I just would love your insights on how do we get people to move beyond that fear, which, I, which I'm sure is holding a lot of people back. Yeah, it, you know, there's a saying that says the quality of our life is in direct proportion to our ability to handle uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so most people will navigate life trying to affect as much certainty as they can, right? Be in control in some way, mm -hmm. shape, or form. And there's a saying that says, when you know, when you know, you know, confidence replaces fear. Mm -hmm. I take it one step further in that our real power is in letting go of what we think we know mm. and, and trusting that we can handle whatever may come about. And when we can come from that place of knowing that we can handle whatever may come about, we can relax and we can get back in touch with our inner wisdom mm -hmm. because it's the, the ego's voice or the saboteur's voice that creates this story that, you know, you can't grow, you can't expand, you can't become something different than what the current self-concept or ego is. Mm -hmm. So we orchestrate all these weird dynamics that kind of keep us on the hamster wheel. And so when we can kind of separate or, or not separate, but distance and befriend that ego voice yeah. and get back to our wise part of ourselves. We've been on the planet for a while. We've gained some great wisdom and knowledge. Let's that's go right. With that, right? And that's yeah. that's the key, you know, and it's a lot of people don't understand really what ego is, but when you when you use it as that perspective, mm -hmm. it it serves us, right? We all need an ego just to get to the grocery store, but mm. we don't need it to be running our life when it's operating out of fear. And that's where we have something we call ad lib, which is advancing divine love in business. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And when you understand that. You know, love is really the absence of fear. And when you can trust yourself and trust the universe, right? Einstein used to said the most important decision you're ever going to make is deciding whether you live in a hostile universe or a friendly universe. Mm. Right? So elect the friendly universe and then let the magic unfold. You're part of the universe. Yes. Yeah. You, you were mentioning just before a little bit about that, uh, trusting that you can that you can handle anything. And to me, that that is a big piece of what confidence is, is, you know, trusting yourself to be able to handle anything. I mean, confidence is this word that we throw around a lot, 
but I do, I find it difficult to explain to others or share with others how you actually develop and build confidence. Do you have any insights into that? Yeah, confidence, you know, it, it can mean different things to different people. So I think for me and in, in the way that I approached, it's really about certainty and self-efficacy. So it's, it's knowing that we can count on ourselves, And the way that we do that is by watching our commitments and not overcommitting. So mm -hmm. if we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. And it's like putting a small brick in the wall. And every time we say, I'm going to do this and I do it, it sends a message to our, to all of ourselves and gives the message that I can count on myself to do what I say I'm going to do. And so if we start out small, putting those bricks in pretty soon, we can put bigger and bigger bricks in, you know, it's like, I'm going to write a book in 90 days, you know, that's a big commitment. But if I built my self-efficacy, my ability to count on myself and that confidence, that's powerful. And that's how we do it. And the trick is, you know, we put those small bricks in, make the agreement, keep the agreement, make the agreement, keep the agreement. When we don't keep the agreement, that's like pulling four or five bricks out of the wall, right? So we've got to stay with it. We've got to be vigilant in keeping our agreements with ourselves because we're usually pretty good keeping our promises and agreements and commitments with other people. That's right. But we let ours, you know, oh, I'll get to it. And, you know, that day never comes. So mm -hmm. we've got to treat ourselves how we expect to be treated and how we want others to treat us and how we other people want us to treat them. And it's all about keeping agreements. If people just kept their agreements, life would be great. Yeah. I think one really key piece that you mentioned there is about the overcommitting. I find that maybe we still, maybe it's self unconscious self-sabotage that, you know, we're self-sabotaging ourselves. But I mean, I know I've done this in the past, just overcommitting because I have these grand plans to do all of these things. And as much as I want to commit meet those commitments, it may actually be impossible because I've overcommitted myself. And therefore that trust and that confidence in, in myself, of course, goes down. But I love that you really mentioned the not overcommitting and doing it as brick by brick to build that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Most people fall into the overcommitment trap. The trick there, Hallie, is to look at why am I overcommitting? Mm -hmm. What's the story I make up if I say no to mm -hmm. this that's presented mm -hmm. to me? And, and, and again, that's the ad lib piece, advancing divine love and businesses, letting go of the fear, the fear of if I say no, they're going to go get somebody else or they're going to fire me or whatever it is. It's like, no, that's just a voice that's there to keep us safe. But safe right. is a very dangerous place to hang out. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can our listeners increase their clarity, confidence, and, compa and capacity to get more done and see the changes and improvements that they You know, I, I would say here, here's what you can do is you can answer three questions, right? The first question is, what do I want to experience in my life before I leave planet Earth? Mm -hmm. Right? Because most people are, are wrapped around the axle of means goals rather than ends goals. So let's start with the ends goals, right? What are the experiences that we want? Mm -hmm. Let's get clear on that. Then from there, the next question to ask ourselves is how do I want to grow, right? Based on these experiences, I may not be qualified yet, if you will, to bring these experiences into my reality. So how do I need to grow? Who do I need to become? Get clear on that. 
And that'll give us a little bit of a roadmap to build on and also to accept where we currently are. And then the third question is, how do I want to contribute to the world, right? What's the impact or the legacy that I want to leave behind? And if you can get that and then capture that actually onto one page and then look at that page every day and just kind of lose yourself in what life living is going to feel like mm -hmm. in that regard, that then creates these impulses and we have different awarenesses through the day that pull us in certain directions that we otherwise wouldn't go. And that will surely have us meet up with our full potential. I, I love that. What is your impact and contribution that you want to make on the world? It, it gets me emotional, but the impact that I strive for every day really is for people to know that they are enough just as they are. If, if I mean, imagine a world where everybody on the planet for like a minute knew in their bones that they're enough just as they are, right? Fear would evaporate. Yes. And things would just move. They'd be fluid. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's my vision. And so I try to, you know, influence people as best I can to embrace who they are, how they are, where they are, when they are. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to want to grow and expand. We live in an expanding universe. We're part of it. But, you know, the acorn can't be the oak tree at the same time, but it has oak treeness in it, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes mm -hmm. a sapling and it's the perfect sapling. It's enough of a sapling. And then it becomes a small tree and it's enough as a small tree. It will become the oak tree, yeah. right? And if people could just breathe that in and, and feel that, I think it would be great. Yeah, that that's really a, a beautiful message and and and. and even when you said that I, that your wish is that everyone just felt like they would know and feel that they were enough. I mean, I, I, I felt, I feel it. I feel that. And I, I, I want that for others too. So I love that that's really what you're focused on with your work. What would you say to people who don't, because I mean, you're, that impact and that contribution for you is very clear and feels very powerful. What would you say to others who don't feel like they have such a clear maybe purpose or aren't sure what their impact and legacy is going to be or, or even that what they want it to be? Well, it's, it's easy enough to find out and discover, right? Most people think their purpose or their mission, someday it's going to come through the sunbeams, through the parted heavens and infuse us and, okay, I got it. You know, and I wish you well if you think that's how it works. That's not how it works, right? And, you know, we'll see like the five-year-old who can play Mozart. And it's like, okay, they got the message early. For most of us, it takes us a few years. And so the way to, to, to excavate for it is to take inventory of what your, I call it, imagine a Venn diagram with three circles, right? One circle is your purpose. Make a list of all of the things you do really well, things that you've studied, things that you've practiced, things that come naturally and easily, things that people tell you you're great at, right? Make that list. Then make another list of all of the things you love doing, both personally and professionally. You're going to find that there's an overlap. Mm. From the overlap, then we look at, okay, what are people willing to pay for, right? What's the profit or the productivity? And we'll find that there's about, you know, maybe 10 things that we are put on planet Earth to be doing. And here's the, here's the 
kind of the spoiler alert is where we're most wounded, we're most accomplished. This came to us at a very early age and we figured out, I got to survive. Whatever the trauma, the turmoil, or the adversity was as a kid, look back at what's the biggest adversity we overcame as a child. That'll give us some good input as to why we're here because mm. we spent the rest of our life figuring it out, right? Yeah. To protect yeah. that core wound and move forth. So the, the trap is a lot of times we put on this arm to do battle from that wound, but underneath that armor is our gold. So it's yeah. an opportunity to start to peel away some of that armor, see what the gold is, and then polish that gold up and put it out there so that now we can say, here's what I do so well so that my ideal clients can either experience a benefit, an impact, or a transformation. And when we put those two together, that's our calling card. I, I, I really love the way that you explain that. I, I've heard other people talk about, you know, kind of looking back at, at the childhood for, clue, for clues about maybe what you're interested in or what your passions are, but I haven't ever heard it in terms of the kind of that core wound or looking at some sort of challenge or, or struggle that may have happened that you have been dealing with or, you know, overcome throughout the rest of your life. So I, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, it, to your point, right? A lot of times people do say, what did you enjoy doing as a kid? Right. What happens oftentimes is like, well, I love playing football. I played in high school, went on to college, fortunate enough to go pro or whatever. That's great, right? There's a segment that get that. Yes. But, you know, for a lot of people that have been through a couple careers or a couple jobs and kind of going, what do I, you know, why am, why am I here? Yeah. That's the way to find it. Because mm -hmm. at this stage, you've got something. You just don't know you've got something. And it's yeah. hidden in that locker called adversity. Yeah, that's really very cool. When I was looking through your, your bio and everything, I, I noticed that you mentioned the hero's journey. Yeah. And can you just tell me a little bit about how you use that in your in your business or and or with your clients? Yeah. Well, for those that may not know what the hero's journey is, it comes from Joseph Campbell and it's the arc of the hero. And we see it in just about every movie that we watch, right? Mm -hmm. Star Wars, The Matrix, Indiana Jones. The hero in this in the journey is normal, right? Everyday, everyday Joe or Jane. And you know, they're kind of wondering, bouncing along what life is all about. And then they get this call to adventure. Mm -hmm. right? And they kind of ignore the call to adventure at first because it's scary. It's daunting. But there comes a point where there's not a choice. We have to step off into the abyss. And to do that, we need or the hero needs a mentor, right? Luke Skywalker had Obi-Wan and Yoda. Neo in the Matrix had Morpheus, right? They're, they're, it's all over. And we're no different in our own life. I had my mentors growing up that helped me figure out who I am and how I'm going to show up in the world. And so we take that same approach because most people, I mean, all the people we work with, they're already successful, but they're camping out on their plateau. And all of a sudden they're getting this call to adventure to climb the mountain again. But at this time, they kind of lost their mojo, right? They're sitting comfortable and it's like, I don't know if I want to work that hard anymore. So we help them get their mojo back through this process of bringing their A game to their hero's journey. And so we do that through what we call a business acceleration plan, answers five key questions. Where are you headed and what do you want it to look like when you get there? Why are you here? 
you know, what's your mission and your purpose? We call it a purposeful mission or a permission, right? To succeed. And then what's the work that needs to be done over, say, the next six months or 90 days or 12 months? Get those milestones in place. And then it's a matter of bringing forth their best strategic thinking. In other words, how are we going to do this? And we list that out. And then that's going to give us our projects and our tasks. And then we set that and build that out. And then we hold our clients capable of executing. And it's a conditioning process. Mm -hmm. I noticed you said capable and not accountable, which I appreciate. I often forget about that and I'll say accountable, but that's not really what I mean. And I don't think that's what a lot of people mean. I think they really mean capable. Coaches want to, or, or, you know, leaders want to hold their people capable and employees or clients don't want to be held accountable. They want to be capable or help to be capable. Yeah. I love that you said that. We want to count on people being capable. Yes, absolutely. What are you most excited about working on this year? Besides optimizing my daily bookends and elevating my intentional segments each day. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'm working on on two books. One is, it's called Be Race Ready and Win the Business of Life. And it's it's about the, the race as an acronym, meaning respond with all of your ability. Accountability wins the day. And I, I go into the difference between accountability and capability. Capable. Yeah. Uh, the C is creation ocean. And then the E is excavate for what's true. And if we always stay true to those four elements in business, the resistance dissipates and we can accelerate what it is that we're trying to grow and expand. Mm, great. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Do, do you have a title yet for that second book you're working on? The second book is something we call it a pod journal and the P-O-D, the, the P is plan, the O is organize and the D is diarize. Mm. So it's something that we do with our clients where we help them plan. So it has a whole section in how to write your business plan and set your daily intentions and so forth. And then the, oh, the organized piece is how do you base, how do you journal, right? What are the elements of journaling? And so we did a lot of study around what works, what doesn't work and so forth. And we came up with what we call the image process, Mm. just setting the eyes intentions, right? So intentional segmenting. The M is noticing the magic or the miracle of the day. And then whatever we focus on expands. So if we focus on it, things get better and better and better. The A is for affirmations, super important. The G, gratitude. I don't care how bad things are going. If you focus on gratitude, it can snap us out of feeling confungled pretty quick. Mm -hmm. E is for expansion, right? Mm -hmm. And so we do that. We show people how to identify what their values are in the hierarchy and then look back on the day and look at how you honored or lived your values, right? How did you contribute? How did you learn? How did you grow? Whatever your values are. And when we can see that, we can see the progress we're making day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Progress equals happiness. And it's just a way to chunk each day so that we don't feel like we're sprinting this marathon and we don't even know what mile we're on or where the finish line is. If you could uh, recommend one thing for business owners to do this week to get them into action, to get them more energized and moving forward towards their goals, what would that be? Yeah, that, that would. that's an easy one. Ask yourself, what's the one thing, if I did this or I got it figured out, would make everything else easier? Mm-hmm. 
and then block 25 minutes and figure out how to make progress on that. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I honestly, I took a ton of notes. There are so many little nuggets in here that I'm going to go back. And I love the questions that you asked, many of which I will need to go journal on. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome, Allie. Thank you.